0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Progressive American. I'm your host, Connor Kelly. Today we are going to be discussing some revelations surrounding the Trump administration's response to COVID-19, newly revealed information about the attack on the Capitol, stimulus checks, and a conspiracy theorist member of Congress. Without further ado, let's just jump into the news. On Monday, Dr. Deborah Birx revealed on Face the Nation that a separate strain of COVID-19 data was entering the White House that she did not provide. This would suggest that the Trump administration was receiving inaccurate data from an unknown source and may explain why so much of the Trump administration's response was haphazard and ineffective. Do you think, when you were in the room and briefing, even if it was with other people, do you think President Trump appreciated the gravity of the health crisis you were describing? I think the president appreciated the gravity in March. Um, It took a while after I arrived in the White House to remove all of the ancillary data that was coming in. I mean, there was parallel data streams coming into the White House that were not transparently utilized. While I doubt there will be any actions taken against the person responsible, I would like to point out that Burke should not be off the hook for just revealing this. As I noted in previous episodes, these people had every opportunity to speak truth to power, but chose not to when the time came. Dr. Burks and others like her don't deserve a redemption story because she, unlike Dr. Fauci, bowed her head to the Trump administration's whims. Make no mistake, you will see people like her coming out of the woodwork, telling people how they knew there was trouble all along. But they're not martyrs or saints. They were part of this atrocious administration's failure to handle COVID. This should have been revealed not after the election, not even during, but from the very beginning when it became clear that Trump was not going to handle this properly. The fact of the matter is that Dr. Burks and others like her are trying to save their reputations and their legacy, and we should not let them wipe their hands of their contribution to this failure of a response to such a horrid pandemic. Whatever the case may be with whoever was providing this data, the fact of the matter is Dr. Burks is not some saint. She was part of this just as much as anybody else, and the fact that she now tells us this, now, after all the storms have subsided, and she no longer has to fear for her reputation or her career and that she's retiring, it's not an act of strength or dignity, it is an act of cowardice. Cowardice and cleaning her hands. She's wiping her hands of all of this. Make no mistake. Dr. Birx, like many of the other sycophants in the Trump administration, deserve none of your respect in this regard. She is just as guilty as everybody else in the White House. add to this, I want to make very clear that she will not be the last person to come forward with some revealing piece of data to suggest that... Oh, I knew that this was a problem. I knew that there was a problem within the White House. They're going to try and repaint themselves. Some of these people are going to be very young and early in their careers. So, of course, they're going to try and rebrand themselves as martyrs or people who are stuck in an uncomfortable position. And uncomfortable it may very well have been. But that doesn't change the fact that many of these people who will inevitably rebrand themselves played a key role in perpetuating and maintaining the Trump administration's image when hundreds of thousands of people were dying. I don't think it's anywhere near harsh enough to say that Dr. Burks and others like her, and those who will inevitably come forward after this, say that are guilty of of complicity and continued support for an administration's failed policies because they feared for their careers, they feared that they would get in trouble, and instead of serving the American people, they served their own interests. That kind of selfish, sycophantic behavior does not deserve a reward. And if we are going to see any government uh, improve in the next 10-30 years, we have to actually push people to be better than people like Dr. Burks. We need people to be willing to say no to public officials when they go wrong. They need to have more whistleblowers, more people calling out the government, because when they fail, when they fail to do so, bodies start dropping, and we keep seeing the consequences of that decision on her part and on the parts of others like her. Don't fall for this whole, oh, they're revealing the inside story of the Trump administration shtick. Because the fact of the matter is, they were inside while people were dying. I wouldn't I wouldn't think it's unreasonable to say that some of these people have blood on their hands, just like Trump does. That's the unfortunate reality. I could go on and on about the failures of the Trump administration as it relates to COVID-19, and maybe I'll dedicate another episode to that. But we have to deal with another consequence of the trump administration's blatant irresponsibility and it has to do with the capitol riot the washington post revealed this morning that the fbi has found evidence to suggest that the january 6th attack on the capitol was coordinated fbi agents in norfolk were increasingly alarmed by violent rhetoric that they observed on online forums including threats of violence against the capitol surrounding the january 6th insurrection in particular there was organization to carry out attacks on that day through so-called patriot groups and caravans. Already there have been charges of conspiracy leveled against some members of the various militia groups that were involved. One of those charged was Dominic Pozzola, a member of the Proud Boys from Rochester, New York, and the FBI, seemingly ready to crack down on this violence, charged him not just with conspiracy but made clear that his intentions were clearly planned out, organized, and clear in their intent. Another proud boy, William Pepe, of Beacon, New York, was also charged with the same crime, suggesting that the FBI is not going to be holding back on those who can be clearly charged with conspiracy. In all likelihood, there will be more charges of this nature, as the FBI has not only found consistent evidence of planned assaults, but have also found video of the suspected person who planted the bomb at the RNC and DNC. There can be no room for letting these people off. They instituted an insurrection against the Democratic election, And despite my previous thoughts on the matter, this was not an unprecedented act. In 1954, Puerto Rican nationalists stormed the Capitol and opened fire on those inside. They were charged with conspiracy for their crimes and convicted. In the same way, every person who was involved in this riot and can be proven to be enacting a planned attack on our Capitol should be charged with conspiracy, convicted, and sentenced to prison. A message has to be sent that no person can attack the democratic process in our country. We need to make an example of this mob as they did in 1954, and we need to make an example of them as we, as George Washington did in the whiskey rebellion. Nobody should be able to forcibly attack and overturn an election process just because they didn't like who they got. You lose an election, come back with a better candidate. Don't bring guns to the Capitol, don't storm any buildings, don't go after representatives of Congress, don't go after senators, don't go screaming about killing people who won't do what you want. Violence cannot be acceptable, especially when it comes to an election system, and the fact that these two people... the ones being charged and had associated with the proud boys that trump himself refused to condemn on the debate stage last year shows a lot about what we're going to be dealing with i wouldn't be surprised if we saw more charges about conspiracy and i can't wait to see who was involved with it in terms of the organizers more than that we need to take a look at right-wing extremism and its growth within the republican party and in the country more broadly for too long we've ignored right-wing extremism at the peril of our democracy and its rise in fascistic rhetoric hostility to the democratic process and an unwillingness to accept loss in the electoral process america really needs to come to terms with the fact that the terrorists that really threaten us don't wear a turban If there's any benefit, if there's any to be even considered beneficial from this horrid act, it is the fact that America will be forced to deal with its horrid, horrid tradition of white supremacist violence. And make no mistake, there were white supremacists involved in this. The Oath Keepers were there. They are officially a white supremacist organization who have been consistently hostile and violent to their opposition. My hope is that after this horrid act, and I say this horrid over and over again because it was that there can be some serious change when it comes to dealing with this violence. Because they're not gonna stop. They said they're not gonna stop, they said they'd be coming back over and over again. I mean, they were chanting, hang Mike Pence for god's sake, and he's supposedly one of their guys. They will do whatever it takes to win, and we have to be able to stop them with the force of the law, to the courts, and to show that our democracy will prevail. In other news, nearly two weeks into Biden's presidency, he is already facing a crossroads in his policy agenda. Driven by his desire to fulfill a campaign promise to provide additional COVID relief to Americans, Biden has called for $1,400 in stimulus checks in addition to funding for a vaccine rollout. However, Republicans are hesitant to spend much more on the stimulus due to the budget. They point to its $1.9 trillion in total costs and its comparative size to the previously passed CARES Act which was approximately $900 billion. Senator Susan Collins, known for her flippin', had called billion the stimulus package so big. Currently, Democrats are faced with a difficult choice. Republicans are saying that the stimulus would be dead on arrival, and without 60 votes, it is unlikely that the Democrats will be able to overturn a filibuster. But through a process known as reconciliation, Democrats can pass financial bills via a simple majority, something that the Democrats certainly can do. Senator Bernie Sanders, now the chairman of the Budget Committee, has stated that he will support the path, and Biden himself has also shown willingness to use the reconciliation measures if Republicans don't get on board. Senators John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, who have recently been elected from Georgia, have also demanded quick stimulus relief, as it was one of the key points of their election in early January. Just last week, Yahoo News reported that another 847,000 people have applied for unemployment. It was better than the previous weeks, but every week more and more Americans are losing their livelihoods to this pandemic. It will take time and money to repair the economy, even when COVID is over, and people are waiting for their support. The government has to play a role in this recovery and protect the interests of everyday Americans. Whether or not Republicans like it, Democrats control the Senate, and they can do what they need to do to protect the American people that voted for them. As a result, I believe Democrats should use the reconciliation process if Republicans don't get on board. 65% of Americans say they support $2,000 checks according to Data for Progress, a progressive polling group. Now is not the time for timidity or mindless moderation. Now is the time for bold action. When Americans are losing their livelihoods every day, Congress cannot afford to hold back. If the Republicans don't get on board, cast them aside and run it through the reconciliation process. Democrats should not be so afraid of the power that they got from the people that they cannot use it to serve them. And let's not pretend that the Republicans are serious about giving Democrats a win. The Democrats passed the HEROES Act months ago last year, and the Republicans left it in committee because they knew it would look for good for the Democrats. They knew it was beneficial to state and local governments that Democrats controlled, so they blocked it in the middle of an emergency. The fact of the matter is that Americans really need a bold Democratic government to actually take control of things rather than waiting for the Republicans to get on board. They elected Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff because of the stimulus check issue. It's high time that we stick to those promises and make clear why people should be voting for Democrats. What basis do we have to claim that we fight for the people when we are in power and we don't do anything with that power? Democrats have been given a lifetime opportunity to really show America that they can and will fight for the American people's interest in the worst of times and in the best of times. Biden, Sanders, and everybody else who has any input on this matter should take action here and Biden should be wary of overreaching with the Republicans. They'll obstruct, they'll block, and do everything in their power to prevent Biden from getting anything done. So it's high time he sticks it to them. No more backtracking. No more needless negotiating when there is no deal to be had. It's time to fight. That's all I've got to say about the stimulus, but now I have saved for you all the best possible story, or if you're uh, a little more depressed about the state of the Republican Party, you could say it was one of the worst. So, many of you are likely already familiar with Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, uh, recently, she has come under fire from some unusual comments that she has decided to make, including claiming that uh, the Parkland shooting was a false flag operation and apparently Jewish space lasers. Uh, you you heard me right. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the representative for Georgia, has said that in one of her Facebook posts that the there were possible uh, space lasers that were responsible for the California wildfires, and she blames this on the Rothschild, hence the reason uh, Jewish space lasers were trending the other day. And it's a bit concerning because she's had some previously uh, aggressive comments based on these conspiracies. In one instance, she uh, accused Speaker Nancy Pelosi of treason and paid particular attention to the fact that treason under the constitution can be punishable by death, suggesting that the Speaker of the House, a duly elected member of Congress, should be executed. In another instance on Facebook, she actually, uh, well, she liked a post saying that, quote, a bullet to the head would be quicker, referring to Nancy Pelosi. This kind of rhetoric cannot be accepted in the United States House of Representatives. I mean, Representative Cory Bush allegedly had to move her office because Marjorie Taylor Greene and her staff were accosting her for supporting black lives matter there's video that marjorie taylor green the u.s representative for georgia posted herself showing her demanding to speak with ilhan omar and rashida talib demanding that they swear on a bible arguing that it is not legal for a person to swear on the quran and that the only way that you can serve in the United States Congress is to swear on a Bible. Which by the way is completely false, Article 6 of the US Constitution is particularly clear about no religious tests being required for public office in the United States. But the fact that she genuinely believes this shows that she's not only woefully uninformed, but she's bigoted in her views to the point where she's willing to force another person to swear an oath on a religious document that they don't hold to be sacred. disregard the religious freedoms of people because they don't share her religion is this really what we want from a member of the united states house of Representatives? i for one sure don't i don't want a representative who threatened to or, or supported shooting the speaker of the house i don't think we need a member of congress who thinks that the speaker who runs that congress deserves to be executed I don't think a representative who refuses to wear a mask should be anywhere near a position of governance in the middle of a pandemic, because they're going to spread nonsense about the pandemic. In moments like these, I genuinely feel that it is important to set an example and to send a message to people like Representative Green. People who engage in this conspiracism without any care in the world or any degree of responsibility and a complete unwillingness to consider the criticisms they receive are not fit for governance and it's high time we just send that message. Expel Marjorie Taylor Greene. I am 100% behind the US House of Representatives bringing articles of removal and expelling this crazed, frankly, bigot from the House. She shouldn't have been there in the first place. If our government really is to function, this kind of behavior needs to stop, otherwise it will continue to be normalized as it was under Trump's presidency and future presidencies after him.